0: This is Better Off Red and I'm Pip Adam and thank you for listening and hello and I just wanted to pop in and say a couple of things before the episode started. First of all, this is the second episode that we recorded at the Lit Crawl pop-up. I think that the space was provided by Teo Aha and thank you very much for the space. It was a wonderful space. I also wanted to thank Paul who was at both of our recordings and helped out tremendously. Vic Books were there and it was great to be surrounded by books. Um, It seemed fitting. Um, I also wanted to take a moment just to say a huge thank you to Claire Maybe and Andrew Larkin. They are pirate and queen and together they put on Lit Crawl and um, yeah it is just the best event. It is so magnificent. It lights Wellington up in a way that just makes me feel so good about writing and about talking and about art and about you know the communities that we're making and yeah thank you so much Claire and Andrew I really appreciate it um also what else yeah well because of Lit Crawl and because you know thank you so much for letting us be part of this um we were able to talk to two amazing artists this week in these last two episodes and the artist that I talked to today is Susie Anderson um Susie is based in Sydney at the moment but has lived all over Australia and has roots in northwestern Victoria um which we talked to each other about um now, um, Susie's work is sort of, it's it's, it's stellar. It's so good. Um, she's a writer, but she often explores things through other media as well. We've put a list of some of her work up on our website, which is betterreadnz.wordpress.com, so you can get some links to her work there. Um, it's just magnificent. Thank you, Susie, for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Litcrawl, for having Susie over. Yeah, it was all just magnificent. The final thing I just wanted to say is that... Um, It's the second-to-last thing, actually. I was lying. Um, There were three people that came and hung out with us while we recorded Better Off Red. Um, It was so nice to see them. Amon Mara was there, um, Jackson Newland was there, and Carolyn De Carlo were there. So I'm just... um, it was really nice to see those guys and also often in the podcast or a couple of times I think Susie refers to them and that's who she's talking about. Susie and um, those three um, have sort of a long time friendship and they've talked a lot about writing together and um, yeah makes me very excited. The Australians are awesome um, and yeah I think there's some really exciting work happening between like across that ocean so yeah thanks for that. I thought I'd just finish off by reading a poem by Susie, which I love, um, just to sort of put that in the air. Um, This is a poem that um, appeared in The Lifted Brow in September 2015, and it's called Perfect Alphabet. I heard that the shape of Korean characters is the way the mouth looks when forming those sounds. Can you think of a more sensible way to make a language? Your pillow lips narrow into a straight line. There is no sound. Only my hands nervously flipping a coin over and over. Something falls away each time. You say to me, once something is said, it is lost forever. And the words dissolve before me. If I could have seen your lips this time, I would have written down their shape. and welcome to this episode of Better Off Red. My name is Pip Adam and I'm here with Susie Anderson. How are you Susie? I'm very well, Pip. That's awesome. Um, so this, um, is, um, this is slightly different. Usually I talk to people who I know really intimately and well. And um, for the first time I'm going to be talking to you who I really, I know your work, but I don't know you personally. So um, in New Zealand we have this question where we say, hey, how are you going? Where are you from? And um, when we say where you're from, we mean um, sort of where are your roots and that kind of thing. And where do you go back to when you think about it? So when people ask me that question, they sort of say, "Oh, my family's from Invercargill and um, we moved around a lot, but there's a hill down there that I really like, and that sort of thing." So I was just wondering if
1: I could start off by asking you that question and just ask you where are you from? Okay. Well. I'm Australian from Western Victoria, which is the southernmost state on the east coast for those of you who don't know. Um, I grew up on a farm and then in a town called Horsham. And then I moved to Melbourne for uni and then after like a year in London, I came back to Australia and moved to Sydney about three years ago.
0: Awesome.
1: so that's quite
0: a lot of movement and in, in like quite a short amount of time and um I guess just to dive right in straight away um your work often talks about um distance you know they often talk it often talks about place and being away from place and being in place and that sort of thing and I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about that maybe
1: yeah I think I never really considered it until you started talking to me about that and it's very true that my work does kind of draw on distance and um, the not being in a place Um, and it's weird to think that I've lived in so many places in the last ten years Um, but yeah I think a lot of it maybe stems from like this kind of spiritual disconnection to my cultural heritage which is Aboriginal, Um, Wagaya is my family mob um, which is how it's referred to in Australia and our country which is again like how we call our land um, is like just north of where I grew up so we're always very close to um, our land but kind of never really had the knowledge and the um, cultural understanding of its significance so maybe I don't know. This is like a reach, but my writing maybe like in some ways is draws parallels between that and where I currently am. Or some, does that make any sense? That makes so much sense. Um, I think we were talking about that
0: before. Just that really interesting thing that um, you know, New Zealand and Australia sit geographically close to each other, but you know, like often. I, I don't I don't know all that much about Australia, but what I do know is that here, you know, like the land that we, you know, like Whakapapa, you know, the, the place that we go back to is really important, and there are a, a lot of people here who are disconnected from that land, you yeah. know, and, and we often are living in, yeah, and, and I think that that does breed this interesting, um yeah, these interesting kind of know what the right word would be but sort of almost irritation and signs. tensions yeah tensions yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I I recently wrote a review of this performance that happened in Redfern in Sydney and Redfern is um was in the 60s during like the um the kind of key activist moment for Aboriginal people in Australia the 1967 referendum which is the 50 year mm-hmm. anniversary this year Redfern was like this big side of resistance and um this performance piece that just happened there which is like a durational thing had nothing to do with like activism or whatever but I couldn't help but think this piece kind of was blind in not acknowledging where we were and a lot of art and things that happen on significant sites in Australia often don't um make mention of or acknowledge the history or the fact that it is stolen land. Mm. And that's something that we as Aboriginal people in Australia are constantly trying to remind the um, the people who don't share that heritage or that understanding.
0: Mm. Yeah. And like, I guess, um, like, I don't know, but I think for myself, some of that trying to work out that weird tension, you know like inside of me it's also sort of a family disconnect as well but um, you know like our, our sort of family has was, was cut off in a way as well and like I just often I am trying to work that out um, through writing like I, yeah. think, I think I'm think i writing something you know that's really contemporary and yeah. like oh I'm trying, writing about the city but often it is about that disconnect and that, that, that feeling of discomfort and I just wonder um, like does your writing surprise you sometimes when you write something and you think, oh, that, that was interesting?
1: <laughs> um, maybe. Also, I don't know if I really, like, wound back to that point I was trying to make with the review. It was that when I was writing about it, I, like... Um, there's this part in the performance where the, act- the you know, the actress, the artist gave um, this the other character uh, the $50 note, and in Australia it has one of our, like, foremost... Um, the first Aboriginal man to be published. It has, like, his photo, his image on the, the note, and I kind of wove that into my review, which made that kind of surprised me, that I was like, this needs to be in it because there are no other people of colour in this performance mm-hmm. and we're on this significant side. And, like, I know that part of it was, like, it was a volunteer kind of run thing, so they didn't have much control over it. Um, But I thought that it needed to be said. Mm. And sometimes I find in my writing that I'm not trying to criticize or I'm not trying to find solutions. It's more just like, let's observe and kind of reflect. And then maybe next, the next time, we'll be able to move forward or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is, I just, I do find that really interesting, like that strange thing that, yeah, Sometimes I just find myself talking and I'm like, why am I talking? And then, yeah, i just <laughs> say, oh, I'm talking because I'm talking. And if I'm going to talk, I might as well talk about something that, you know, has some weight to it and feels right to me. Yeah. Um, you do far more than just write, you know, on, on paper. Um, like, right on paper. And you also uh, chisel. No. Um, <laughs> like so, you do so much more than that. Like, I mean, your work um has a visual aspect to it. It has um often a sound aspect to it. Um, the, I, I was really interested in some of the work I saw of yours at the MCA. Like some of those things. I don't know whether you facilitate them, but you know, asking people to respond to ideas of you know what they want to who they, where they want to be in twenty five years and stuff like that. So I just wonder what I mean it's such a weird question to ask because I guess we make as we make, but mm-hmm. all these different I don't even know what the word is, like platforms that you work on. Yeah. What I don't know what I don't even really know what I'm asking. I just really wonder okay. what you think about
1: that. Um well yeah, I guess I really love sound, I love audio. So this is doing this is like Really great fun, <laughs> um, and I've done a little bit of like radio and audio stuff. Um, I have an art collective that I make work with some friends of mine from Melbourne. We call ourselves the Socio Creative Trust, which is like a bit of a joke about corporate kind of like nomenclature and like the way they call themselves. Um, and the SCT, as we call ourselves, we have done some exhibitions and things where I've made like a video that kind of is a visual representation of some of my poetry and yeah like I just used found footage of like stuff videos I took on my phone um and recorded myself reciting a poem and kind of made a video um sometimes I've done like I don't know more like just straight up podcasty things like uh Stacey Teague and I used to have like a a podcast so we would just read poems that we liked and we just skyped each other and recorded that that was pretty fun um, but then I don't know maybe you're thinking of some of the stuff that I've done with my work at MCA mm, yeah um, yeah we there so I that job that I had there I was working as like a digital producer and we would um, obviously work with the artists it's a contemporary art (coughs) institution so we work with living artists um, to either make video or um, audio or like a sometimes a kind of interactive experience depending on how much budget there was or how much time there was Yeah.
0: so this um what always seems to me about like moving out into these electronic like you talked about being able to take video on your phone and um like the collective and stuff like that. Like, um, there seems to be this reach. I don't know. I don't, there seems to be something quite special about producing work online or producing work, um, you know, like electronically. That, um, yeah, I'm just wondering about those communities that you work in. Like, um, it, how does that feed you? you know, as a writer who then may go back to your room and work on something by yourself?
1: Um, well, I think that when I was um, coming up through my teenage years, I lived in like a really small town, you know, four hours from the city. else so I think when we when mum started letting me go on the internet (laughs) I um I started finding people through like blogs and things quite early like live journal is how me and Stacey met way back and I met Amon and Jackson through and Caro through blogs as well um so yeah I was an early adopter of that kind of form of where so we were all just like writing blogs um and commenting on each other's blogs and kind of finding each other that way and i don't know it sort of spiraled at some point um where i don't know what it was i think i was reading i had moved to melbourne and i'd started finding literary journals and i was reading kind of melbourne based lit journals like the lifted brow and voice works and um, I started realising that I could find those people in real life as well, and kind of join those um, editorial committees, and um, that's what happened. I joined the VoiceWorks EdCom, um, which was a transformative experience. Any VoiceWorks alumni will tell you that, um, and that kind of opened my eyes to what a literate community could do and be in real life. Because up until that point, I just had the online one I think mm. and they the, there's now a crossover because everyone has everyone blogs everyone's tweeting but um, there was a time where they felt quite separate mm.
0: yeah it's really interesting because it, it never occurred to me that there were wa- they would have felt like that separation there's something that I think I'm finding like especially in New Zealand is that um maybe it uh, I'm probably gonna say the wrong thing but I I do find this really interesting thing where there are um you know, there seems to be this new, um, I, don't know, I don't know, school's not the right word, but there's this new group of poets and new group of um, writers and creators and makers who do seem to have these um, connections all over the world, you know, which is a thing that I think as a kid, I, I really couldn't imagine ever happening. But now it really feels like that is kind of happening
1: and it's really exciting. Yeah. And I think, our audience will attest yeah. to that. <laughs> that there, there was a, this. I don't really know, and I've tried many times in conversations with these people and others to kind of pinpoint what happened or what that difference was or what it, why it was so needed. But I think that um, there, w- yeah, there was quite a sep- a separation between like this IRL writing community and an online writing community. Um, whether it was the style or the kind of, um, I don't know, more openness to to different publishing platforms and um, a lack of um, adherence to some sort of, uh, what is the word, like aesthetic or um, institution.
0: Mm. Yeah. Because that's what I think is the most, like, the most exciting stuff I seem to find at the moment is the stuff that I find online. Uh, I don't know, is that, am I telling the truth? Yeah, I think <laughs> I am telling the truth. You know, like, either I, you know, either I find it at a, at a zine fest or somewhere like that, and I find this amazing, you know, piece of physical objects, which yeah. has amazing work in it, and the way that it's put together just, you know, speaks to me, or I'm finding increasingly, you know, like, electronic journals or, um, you know, like, just the odd thing, and I don't know, like, I find it really exciting. I think I'm way behind the eight ball with it, but I just think that that seems to be... There. Do And I think, I really find it interesting what you're saying, that idea that maybe it is the fact that there's a slight letting go of, yeah. a, you know, a print aesthetic <coughs> or a... Yeah, there, there just seems to be this... There seems to be, like, this liminal space... Is that the right word? But, you know, there seems
1: to be this space where play can happen and... Yeah, yeah. play. I, I think it's very... Um, yeah, apt that you brought up zines because zines, zines zinesters have been doing that for ages Mm. and um, at times you go to a zine fair and there are these people who have been churning out zines for the last five, ten years and their style is that same kind of like, I don't know, it has this gritty earnestness to it that you often find in online journals.
0: Mm.
1: Wow. Is
0: there um are there football players? There's footy fans. We're so great. We we have a game between Peru and the All Whites. That's an odd name for our soccer team. That's really unfortunate. Yeah, it's really <laughs> unfortunate. I have never thought about it until <laughs> I just said it now. <laughs> Fucking how. Jeez. Well. Um yeah, so yeah, there's a soccer game happening here and people are excited because they're walking to the soccer game. People like sport people love sport it goes deep it goes really deep it's kind of tribal i always feel like it's like um a gladiator thing but yeah it's not quite so exciting um yeah so i did want to talk if it's okay with you and i know that i've been yeah totally just say no um but i really love your um twitter account (laughs) and um (laughs) i was just I was just
1: thinking about, I know, sorry, that's creepy. It's so creepy. Well, it's oh. public. I could have made it private. You, you could have. I've had so many opportunities to make it <laughs> private. Maybe you want to make it private now <laughs> that you know that creepy people like me are watching you. But um, there just seems to be this
0: real extension. I don't know, Like, I really love the way that I get now with writers that I really like. I get to see this sort of... Um, it does seem an extension of the work not that we have to always be working or anything like that but I was just thinking that often in there I I see you at other people's events, supporting other people, uh, you know like um, championing other people's work and stuff like that and I was just wondering um, you know that's another thing that seems to be breaking down in a very good way is this idea of sort of the solitary writer who's sort of solicistic and you know like uh, you know it's all about me kind of stuff (laughs) do you think do you think that is breaking down, or am I just, yeah,
1: I don't know? What do you think? Um, it's really weird because I've felt so like in this world of solipsism the last three weeks, and I've been like questioning everything to do with my reality. So um, perhaps this is a really poorly timed question, but <laughs> I generally feel like there's a great um, online community that does do that encouragement and that kind of. Um, bolstering Uh, what else I I find it interesting that idea of um, my Twitter account extending um, my writing practice because Amon and I were just talking yesterday about the new character limit because now you can do (laughs) 280 characters but like the um, constraint of 140 characters actually is a really useful kind of writing device or um, poetic exercise, I feel like. And it seems a real shame that they would take that away from me. <laughs> don't, they, don't they know that there's like thousands of young writers who are now fucked because they don't have their 140 character limit?
0: And it's really weird because I feel like there's this is really I'm getting this strange judgment of anyone that's using the two hundred and eighty. Like I'm just like, yeah. oh, you know, like because I feel the same way. And last night I did one and it was longer and I just felt I felt weird sickness. Like it's yeah. it's a strange kind of rhythm <laughs> where I know where I'm getting close to one hundred <laughs> and forty characters. I'm like, oh, better take that full stuff out. And yeah, yeah it just exactly. seems like a really strange thing.
1: Yeah. It'll be so
0: interesting to see what happens. It'll yeah. Be sort of weird. Um. Where can I ask you a really practical? It's probably a boring question, but um, when
1: do you write? And where do you write? And how do you find time to write? And yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um. Well, I kind of. For the last like five years, I have kept like a text document in my laptop for every single month and I try to just like write into that and then I also have like a notebook that I take with me um so I try to just kind of like stream of consciousness right into those things like as much as possible across the week um as for like considered editing you know something that seems more like a poem um that is very sporadic and there's like ebbs and flows across the year mm-hmm. I find um yeah it's not very um kind of systematic it's mm-hmm. as also because i just started a new job like three months ago it's been quite um hard to find a rhythm so far but i you know i successfully wrote a whole review which was great and that felt good like, in the last month so i can do it i just you know have to work like, work quite hard to find that time. It's kind of interesting as well, like, I I often find
0: with myself that, um, I don't know if this is right, but, like, I, like, when I heard you talking about the review, it found like, it, it felt like something quite urgent and something that needed to be, you know, things needed to be pushed out of the way, and I just wonder if maybe busyness is interesting like that like yeah. that um you know like often my work will be prompted by a collaboration or by you know I'll see something and I'll think fuck that and you mm-hmm. know like I'll find myself writing towards that um or yeah. against it and I just it is time I always thought that what I wanted was to have all the time in the world to write but now I wonder about
1: that yeah I, I wondered that a lot this year because I kind of thought when I first started my job um, I was like, oh my god, this is too hard, can't do it, I'm going to apply for masters and if I get in, I'm throwing in the towel with this job, and I'm just going to write. Mm-hmm. But I feel I always reach this place where it's I, th- I think if I actually really wanted to write and do that project, I'd be doing it. I don't know. And, but then I don't know if that's true either. I think I think doubt is so useful. Like I really, I is I it used really because I have a lot of it.
0: Well, I have heaps of it. I have w- got some to share if anyone needs it. Um, but I do have a friend who used to say that to me. You know, yeah. she was like that because um, I often feel like I'm living on like that seesaw space where I'm like, whoa, whoa. You know, like I'm not quite sure whether I'm committed or not committed. And I think what I do find interesting is that I guess that it does take a little bit of faith though, is to sort of think that the stuff that needs to come will come, you know. And yeah. and that's what I'm always amazed by, is yeah. that sometimes I will, uh, you know, like uh, someone will come to me or something will prompt something and I'll think, yeah, I, I really want to re- work with this person and somehow the time will just happen, maybe? Yeah. Uh, maybe that's, yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I never know.
1: Well, I, I, I mean, I think it's true with most things that you want, you make it happen. Yeah, yeah.
0: So with, um, that is always an interesting thing, like that that balance of, um, you know, like work and home and all the other stuff and that sort of thing, and I just wonder, um, I guess, what are what am I asking for? I I'm really interested in like, Sydney does seem like an expensive city and a fast city and a um, city where there's lots going on, and I just wonder what. It, what is, I, I, I don't know if there's the right word, but what does the writing scene look like over there? Like, what, <laughs> what, do, like, you yeah. know, I mean, I think I'd have trouble answering this question here yeah. a, a, for Wellington, but I just wonder, you know, because you've been involved with a couple of
1: the um, writing festivals, Like a major, Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, and I can contrast Melbourne writing scene to Sydney writing scene as well. Oh, cool. Should we want? Yes, very highly controversial. Oh, really? Is I that a thing? Well, I mean, like Sydney and Melbourne have a like a famous rivalry. Oh, Do, is it? I don't think Auckland we have a similar. Yeah. yeah, I think
0: that Auckland might be the Sydney, and this and Wellington might be the Melbourne. Yeah, so people are nodding. Yes, okay, <laughs> <Melbourne>, that's
1: good. <laughs> yeah, so Melbourne. I mean, it's colder. It's more like cultural. It likes to think. um <laughs> there's something about it that's sort of leaking art and expression Mm. whereas Sydney it's bright it's touristy it's like beachy um, so people don't think that it has much of a beating heart of culture but um, I have pleasantly found that to be false Mm. like there's lots of great little pockets of um, writers who are putting on events and nights um, with more and more regularity which is really great Um, I think the main difference is that um, Melbourne has the Wheeler Center for books writing and ideas which creates like a central hub for anyone who's writing Um, and that's kind of where emerging writers Melbourne writers festival they all um, flow out of the Wheeler Center And Sydney, you know, it has the New South Wales Writers' Centre, a few different poetry nights happening that kind of um, contribute to the the lit scene there. But because the nature of the city is much more... It's more sprawling. There's no real, like, grid CBD like Mm -hmm. Melbourne has. I mean, New Zealand listeners will to go to Melbourne to understand what I'm <laughs> talking about and go to, go to Sydney obviously to see the difference but I think that the geography of the place really does contribute to the desperate communities but they are there
0: yeah I think that does sound quite a lot like Auckland like Auckland I grew up in Auckland and um, there was always this hub in the CBD and then as the city has kind of expanded with not much sort of planning you know mm-hmm. like it's just expanded the way it's expanded they have. There are now pockets of things, you know, and um you know, I can think just off the top of my head I can think there are three or four sort of poetry nights, but they take place more in suburbs and yeah. you know, they're a little bit harder to get to. Um, one thing and I don't I hope I won't ask this the wrong way, but I was just talking to another Australian writer just before and um she works with um some um of the communities up near um, indigenous communities up near um uh, she's sort of near Darwin, yep. And she was, I, I, you know, as a New Zealander, um, you know, I, I am always astounded by the diversity in, in indigeneity over there. You know, like there's lots of language groups and different countries and stuff like that. And I just wonder. Often I see things coming over from Australia saying mm. it's an Indigenous writing festival, it's mm. Indigenous this, I just wonder what, what sort of what are those communities and countries doing as far as you know writing goes, like.
1: How does that work? Well, it's very. That's a huge question. Yeah. Um, because, as you say, they are like the different communities across Australia yeah. are so varied. Um, but, like, I've had um, amazing opportunities through my work, my previous job at the MCA. Um, I've been able to meet lots of artists, mostly visual artists from different communities across Australia. So,. Um, it really varies depending on where they're from but um, as a general rule like the, the further you get away from like urban centers um, things sort of change and the more remote a community the more you know the challenges are different and there, are, there tends to be like more people speaking in language and things mm. like that um, whereas like for me um, you know our language exists on paper and there are recordings of it um, but and people do learn it but it's not very spoken so in terms of like writing and kind of preserving culture in that way the challenge of people like in the southeastern countries um, is quite it, is similar we're all trying to like reclaim and speak and kind of relearn um, and there's lots of digital projects doing that um, and I've seen lots of really great kind of interactive things being funded to help preserve language for the future. Mm. Is this kind of answering? Is this what you? Yeah, want? this is
0: exactly. I'm really yeah. interested in it. Like, um, recently there's been sort of a lot of scholarship, like new, quite new scholarship about how. Um, um, Moldy people, you know, writing actually came to Māori people quite early, like when the yeah, when right. British came, yeah. um, they were very quick to pick it up, because I think it, it was similar to some of the other hand schools that they were doing, so. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, like it's quite incredible, there's very old, written, um, you know, written in English and, and multi grammars and stuff like oh that. My which is just fucking mind blowing. Like That's we, so cool. Yeah, but I feel like we didn't know this like even ten years ago. I think there's just amazing research going on. That's so good. But I'm wondering uh, you know, is um is writing a thing that happens
1: with language in those communities. Well no, no I mean it's oral culture. Yeah. So it's more through like um song and dance like uh, that's kind of my knowledge like other people may say differently but yeah mostly it's, um, it's always been oral so that has been the challenge of preserving yeah. things and actually in my, um, my mob our, um, our language was kind of um, written down by this scholar who in the 60s travelled around like Western Victoria gathering Wagaya language and Wemba Wemba language Um, and she went to my great great grandmother and she there are these recorded conversations of this yeah this Swiss researcher with my great grandmother um, Jessie Stewart and a few years ago me and my little sister went to the like the National Indigenous Archives to go listen to it and it's so amazing and like they're just you really get a sense of like the the storytelling the oral tradition because you know she's telling this lady like oh my my dad knew this um story of like these men this spirit man who was this part of the land and um they were called this and um so you know it was all about passing it from one generation to the next um but the result of that um, mm-hmm. Recording was that this lady went on to produce the first Wagaya dictionary, mm-hmm. and she made, yeah, she's the reason that we have the written language. So, and that's so recent, like that's 50 years ago. That's really weird. It really blows my mind. Like when you were talking about that, like, I got a chill down my like, spine. <laughs> like, I mean, the idea of being able to hear, it's yeah, like so it's, cool. it's huge, eh? but it's so huge that I haven't really been able to do anything with mm-hmm. it yet. Yeah, and yeah. that was last year that we went to the archives and did that, and I know that I have to do something, and I have to talk to my elders and stuff to, um, you know, it, like, time is of the essence, mm. but, yeah, i just got to factor it in, and that's something that makes me quite anxious, mm. like, I need to just make this time,
0: yeah. or it's, it's too a, late. It's a huge responsibility, yeah, like, it yeah. is feeling, yeah, time is rocketing on, yeah, it's it's really... Oh gosh, yeah, it's yeah. so forlong. Sorry to bring the mood down. No, I'm glad I'm glad that we do because I think that we need to face these things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like for years we've been like la di da la di da and yeah, I think well no we haven't. I mean we everyone's been working very hard. But I also think that yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think it's really interesting. Your work is often like um I'm just wondering about this idea of this very old kind of story, but also your your work is often quite new. Like it brings in you know train rides and you know like phone calls and you know things like that. And I'm just wondering, like this process of journaling that you're talking about really interests me. And do you think it's that being in the contemporary and being in the moment that brings that kind of facet to your
1: writing? Um yeah I think I mean I always mine from my like daily experience for my poems and stuff because I find that to be most relatable and um, I want people to be able to relate to something that I write you Mm -hmm. know that making the personal universal thing so true Um, and yep Is, is that all? Yeah, that's totally all. <laughs> that's totally all. Um, I just really only have one more question
0: which is a really weird question and I couldn't find a way to segue it in. Um Totally binds to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, but also <laughs> it'd be nice if it was um beautifully segued in. <laughs> um, there is a piece of work of yours which I think is called Orchard. Mm-hmm. And it's a collaborative work. So I understand that you've done the pictures. Uh you done writing and someone else made the pictures um the images that go with it and I'm just wondering just this is just a really sticky weird question does that work exist just in images and just in pictures or can it only exist when the two things are
1: together uh well that that particular piece um my friend Yasmin Keeney drew that illustration I think I'd given her a few poems to draw from and Yasmin and I have done that across um, the years she's an amazing kind of abstract illustrator and um, she actually did the cover for this little like zine that I self-published a few years ago um, and I I don't know like I, I liked that interpretation she did for that piece um, and I, I like having kind of visual representations of my work and I'd like to see it more Mm. but you do get that a bit with um, online journals lately like they'll pair you with an illustrator or you know a visual artist to make a to make something that responds to your work or perhaps the you know the editors get things simultaneously and they kind of match them up and Mm. it's that process but I think it's it's nice, and I do like doing it, I'd like to do it a bit more, like maybe kind of write exhibition text for, um, you know, gallery shows and things like that. Mm.
0: Yeah, I just re- it just, I, that work in particular kind of just kept coming back, to. like I was looking at a bit of your work, and that work just kept coming back, and I think it's always interesting, yeah, it's always interesting to see what someone visually thinks when they're reading your work, I just think it's really amazing. Hey, I think I've run out of questions. I think you're free to go. Thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. You rock. Thank you so much. (laughs)